You're listening to Gospel Centered Rest, a podcast by Grace Bible Church in Cambridge, Ontario, dealing with topics of life and theology and how Christ's promise of rest for the weary and the heavy laden gives us strength for today and hope for tomorrow. My name is Tyler Oldreve, and I am here with Pastor David Robinson. Just the two of us. I love the enthusiasm. Yeah, I'm so full of enthusiasm this afternoon. I just had a coffee, so I'm oh. I'm ready to rock. Very good. Ready to go. What How? kind of coffee? Because you're a coffee connoisseur. Um, a connoisseur. What did I have? Uh, I'll, I'll the Yerg. I had the Yerg from our locally roasted monograms. Really? Yeah, I did. The Yerg? The Yerg, it's called. It's got some taste of blueberry notes. Uh, Why am I talking I'm about not, coffee? I'm not sure I'd like blueberry notes in my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not like it's not like flavored coffee. That stuff's disgusting. Sorry, if you're wow. out there and you like flavored coffee, so it's this, good. That's this is going to be a podcast of strong opinions. Yeah, this is <laughs> it's just coming right out of the gate. Actually, Ty, if Tyler and I have an argument over coffee, <laughs> it's I put cream in my coffee, yeah. and that is anathema. Oh, gross <laughs> to coffee connoisseurs. <laughs> It's disgusting. <laughs> you know, it's like uh, it's like it's putting so good. It's like putting puddle water. It's, it's in your cereal. It's like grace. It softens the hard edges of people. Oh wow, that's what it does to wow. coffee. It softens the harshness yeah. of it, unless you have blueberry. Yeah, which is kind of similar to putting coffee cream in it, because then it's not pure coffee. Well, when you put cream in it, it's kind of like putting a mask on <laughs> in life. <laughs> not like uh, one of those masks. <laughs> more figuratively speaking but speaking of those masks no i'm just kidding we're not going to talk about masks well maybe they'll come Uh, out no they won't no they're not going to come out i'm sure there's somewhere in here in acts chapter 19 (laughs) nope no no they're not okay so uh we are talking about acts chapter 19 Mm -hmm. so two weeks in acts 19 this past week and this week coming up yes man this 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 chapter i tell you it yeah. is loaded. It is. With yeah. so much. Um, it's, it's not just loaded, the story um, the story itself, but it's the story as, it's, as it unfolds in the book of Acts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so much seems to come together yeah. at this point. Do you, did you find that too when you were studying, like up to this point, that it just kind of like builds to 19? And then from here, we do know, and we're going to talk about this on Sunday, but we do know like a lot of what happens here kind of sets the stage for mm-hmm. what's to come in the book of Acts. Yeah. But did you find that? Actually, you know, one of the things that struck me as I studied in Acts 19 is it's Paul's third missionary journey. Mm. And I had never uh, thought of this, but, and, and that's why we talked about it in Acts 18, where the Lord comes to um, Paul and says, don't be afraid. Yeah. Uh, I have people in the city. Don't stop speaking. Um, don't be silent. And, you know, there there almost appears to be this tiredness or, and, and you can see, it. I mean, er, almost every city that he goes, there's opposition. Um, he's thrown in prison. People are throwing stones at him, whatever it might be. And you get to the third um, gospel journey, and I, I think there's life. I, yeah. I'm not saying, I'm not denying that there's life or there's not boldness or there's not without hindrance, as we've been talking about in the book of Acts, but... Um, the Lord seems to take care of Paul. So Paul has this renewed energy at the end of his second, I call them gospel journeys, but second missionary journeys yeah. uh, to begin the third missionary journey, gospel journey. And, and with um, 
and with uh, that's and that's what we see in in Acts 19. There's this renewed enthusiasm as the the church matures, and that's the other thing that you see is the church needing to mature. He's yeah. going back to revisit churches and. Churches just need encouragement. Churches need to be strengthened. We saw with Apollos, the church needs to grow in understanding the ways of God more accurately, and, mm. and that's an encouragement for us as as we live in, in our culture and seek to spread the gospel. And I think 19 highlights, too, just the cultural influence that a place like Acts had on the rest of the known world. Yeah. And yeah. Um, we're going to see that more like with, with Artemis and just the impact of... of um, of just uh, like Ephesus mm-hmm. as a as, as a cultural marker um, yeah. uh, had a had a big influence, and so that's I, I think that also highlights how how important it is to realize the fruit of the ministry that we're seeing. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a very strategic city. Yeah, it yeah. is, and so so you can understand why Paul chose this city. When you look at a map, it's kind of like in the middle of, mm-hmm. of everything, yeah. right? You could easily get to places, yeah. um, from, from Ephesus. Yeah. So good. What, what are some other things that, that you think that are important for us? Maybe we didn't get a chance to talk about even on Sunday or just things that we can highlight or talk more of. Yeah. Uh, two, two things that I'd like to highlight is, first of all, there's this strange story in Acts 19 that talks about people who were John's disciples, about 12 guys who were right. John's disciples, but um, didn't receive the Holy Spirit. And so we asked Sunday morning if um, receiving the Holy Spirit is prescriptive or descriptive. Right. Um, is it uh, do some receive the Holy Spirit after conversion as some something like a second experience? And then when they receive it, they're empowered, um, and it's often accompanied by tongues or prophecy. Or does the baptism and the receiving the Holy Spirit um, happen at conversion? And that's where we talked about how there's um, the importance of the redemptive historic uh, interpretation of scripture where there are some unique things happening in the book of Acts uh, that uh, as, as we see the, the Holy Spirit and as we see the gospel spreading um, uh, across the nations now. So we talked about in, in Acts 2, you have the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. People receive the Holy Spirit. Peter preaches, all who believe will receive the, the Holy Spirit. Acts 8 you have, once again, those who were um, disciples, and, uh, but they hadn't received the Holy Spirit. Peter and John come, lay hands on, um, and the Samaritans receive the Holy Spirit. Uh, Acts 10 and 11, you have the Gentiles and the Jews, and then you have them being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then Acts 19, the passage that we saw Sunday morning, the, uh, the beginning of this third missionary journey, um, they're called to believe when they hear they're baptized and then the Holy Spirit comes. Uh, mm-hmm. So there's just some, some unique moments. And uh, one of the interesting things about that, uh, about those passages as you connect them together is the Holy Spirit unifies um, and affirms, unifies the people of God and affirms yeah. the ministry of the apostles um, as the true, as the true ministry um, that they carried on from Christ. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I think that's just hugely encouraging that what we read in Scripture now um, assures us that the ministry of the apostles was the true ministry of Jesus. And even in the book of John, 
uh, Jesus tells the apostles that the Holy Spirit will come and they'll recall and um, they'll be empowered to, to live out the gospel and to, to be God's um, ambassadors, God's uh, represent, or the representatives of Christ's ministry. So we can trust the ministry of Christ. Yeah, that is such a, that's such a powerful thing for yeah. today too. And, and sometimes, uh, the, the reason why I emphasize that is sometimes, I, I'm not saying the other questions aren't important, mm-hmm. but we'll go like, well, do we receive the Holy Spirit after conversion or at conversion? But we miss out on some of the big redemptive historic moments which teach us uh, so th- that what's, what's happening in the book of Acts is not just these personal moments, but it's these corporate moments, it's these redemptive moments that the Old Testament looked forward to. That was another part that we talked about where in the Old Testament, the promise of the Holy Spirit was one that would bring restoration. Yeah. So Christ would, would restore and the Holy Spirit would bring it about. The Holy Spirit would enact the restoration of Christ. So we're not just saved the forgiveness of sins, but we're also, um, the Spirit is restoring us in our brokenness, restoring us from our sin. Um, mm-hmm. That which was destroyed in Genesis is prophesied all the way through the Old Testament, not just the coming of Christ, but the coming of the Holy Spirit. Then you have the baptism of John, the baptism of water. Jesus is going to baptize with the Holy Spirit. Um, and now the Holy Spirit has come, and people are being baptized, and people are being united. People are being um, restored. Uh, and God is doing extraordinary things uh, through, through the Spirit and, and through the Word which is the ministry of the apostle that, that God gave the ministry of the apostles. Yeah, that is, that is so, so good because like we know that there are, there are churches out there that might believe or, or some movements out there that believe that you don't get the Holy Spirit until you're physically baptized. When you're physically baptized and Holy mm-hmm. Spirit comes into your life, it, it's almost like a, a little bit of a, like it's a different look at, at these, at these verses but the message that the fact that the Holy Spirit comes into the believer's life at the moment of salvation yeah. and empowers us to um, to do what he's called us to do, to live the Christian faith, to live daily in faith in the Son of God, and to resist temptation, to follow Christ. I mean, all these things that you emphasize on Sunday, um, those are... Those are those are important things. Uh, oh, it's a- yeah. vital. It's absolutely important because we like in in places like 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 13 or Romans 8 8 through 10 we're just reminded that if we're believers we have the spirit mm-hmm. and how encouraging is that truth in in our lives that we don't live in our own strength um we don't figure things out in our own strength we don't love in our own strength um the christian life will be one of weakness where we're relying on uh the restorative unifying redemptive, sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So the Holy Spirit um, brings the blessings of God through Christ into our lives. We experience the blessings of, of, of Christ's person and work um, as the Holy Spirit works in our hearts, our minds, our bodies, so that we're changed and we're changing. And I think one of the things that we tried to emphasize Sunday morning is we're not... Our, our past doesn't define us. Yeah. So, so many people carry their, their guilt or their shame or their doubts or, you know, maybe some evil was done against them. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, you know, that, that's a large part of who they are before God. And, and God 
God's work in Christ is to cleanse us. God's work mm. through the Spirit is to restore us, um, to, to tear down what was evil, the evil that was done against us, <clears throat> and, and then to be able to, um, to uh, over time, and sometimes it's yeah. painful to go through, but he, he works in us so that what was broken or what was, um, what was hurt in the past, God restores um, so that that no longer has the same impact that it had on us, or we're not. De- we know that we're not defined by someone else's abuse or right. um, trauma in our life. That actually reminds me. Um, in adult Sunday school, we're going through Genesis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, I'm pulling us to Genesis, but uh, something that kind of struck me in in studying just Joseph again with Genesis forty forty one. So this is after. Um, he had, you know, been abused by his family, sent into Egypt, um, thrown into thrown into prison from the accusation from Potiphar's wife, yeah. and uh, he interprets the dreams of the cupbearer and the baker, and um, then now he is just he's interpreted Pharaoh's dream, and Pharaoh's put him to this to this place of being second in command of Egypt, and at the end of forty one, I just it struck me. Um, just thinking of all the hardship and difficulties. This is what this is what Joseph said. He named his first son Manasseh um, and said, God has made me forget all of my hardship hmm. and my whole family. Hmm. And that just struck me. Um, and then the second one, it says that he named his second son Ephraim. And he said, God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. Hmm. But it's almost like that, like, like what you were saying. Um, God brings us to those points of uh, of healing and for joseph it was um bringing him to that to that rest and mm-hmm. finding his rest in the lord despite the affliction despite the you know the previous trauma and challenges that he had with his family and these circumstances uh he was brought to this place of rest and he names his son after that yeah. what god has done in his life yeah. like um yeah. and that's that's what paul is um, that's what this passage, like you're saying, um, is a is a getting to too. Yeah. In Acts 19, so in Acts 19, after the whole twelve disciples of John the Baptist, we go into this this section where it talks about Paul's ministry and preaching the word um, and debating and the verse here in the CSB um, says arguing and persuading them about the kingdom of God does this for three months, there's opposition. And then it goes on talking about how he's been there, uh, how he continues this ministry for two more years. Yeah. Um, what are some important things for us to note from this, from these few verses, you think? Yeah, that's, and that's the second thing I, I wanted to talk about as well, is um, what's emphasized in these verses is the word of God. Mm-hmm. Before the extraordinary things that God did. And before the seven sons of Sceva get beat up by one evil spirit. Mm-hmm. So it's easy to think that miracles were done. And, uh, and then we have seven sons of Sceva wanting to cast out demons or a demon. And uh, then the burning of the, the books uh, at the, at the end of the uh, close to verse 20. Um, but verses eight through uh, 10 
just spent, like I think it's four or five times, maybe six times that Paul spoke boldly, arguing, persuading mm-hmm. about the kingdom of God, con- conducted discussions. Um, you know, he's leading Bible studies, preaching, he's proclaiming, he's doing all yeah. of these things. Yeah. And then we read um, at the end, both Jews and Greeks heard the word of the Lord. So what happens when people hear, or what happens when the word of the Lord is spoken? It's through the spoken word and um, that, that God does his extraordinary works. Um, mm. You see that in the same, you see that the same thing happens with uh, um, Jesus uh, teaching and, and miracles go together uh, so that we understand uh, the kingdom of God. And, um, and then in verse 20, at the very end, it's like this conclusion. Um, and we would think, well, there's a focus on the evil spirit w- can be defeated or that God continues to do extraordinary things. But verse 20 says, in that way, the word of the Lord flourished and prevailed. And why was it so? Why is that verse so important? Because yeah. when the word of God prevails and flourishes, extraordinary things happen. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things we talked about Sunday morning is um, we think, you know, like they're, they're uh, you know, touch a face cloth. And people were healed, diseases were healed, um, evil spirits were cast out. And we think, oh, that would be extraordinary um, today. Could, could, could you imagine if that would happen today? But then you have this funny story about an evil spirit who meets up with the seven sons yeah. of Sceva, yeah. and he just beats them up. And they, they, they run out wounded and, and naked. Um, such was the power and the evil of the evil spirit. And so, so I think there's, there's two things. First of all, we have to take, um, we have to take evil spirits seriously. We, we live in a world of evil. Uh, we live in powers and principalities that um, seek to do us harm, and they're very deceitful. I, I remember reading just recently, you know, like people trying to name demons and, and all that kind of, and it's like, why would we ever trust the name of a demon? Yeah. They're so deceitful. There, there's nothing you can trust about, and, and, and they're evil. Like any opportunity, like there is just, there's dark evil. There's dark, dark evil, and then there's dark, dark, dark evil in this world. Like just almost unspeakable evil that takes yeah. place. The way that people are treated or the way that people groan in, their, in, in, in things that we don't understand how evil can be so evil. I mean, and that, that's just a portion of the manifestation of Satan and, and his work of evil and, and demon activity. So, um, and it's not to give them too much credit, but it's not, it's not to ignore them and say, you know, we, we have, um, we, we don't, we don't have to pay attention. We need to be guarding our hearts. We need yes. community. Yes. Uh, and, and I think in part, this shows us we need, that's why we're baptized in the spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not a moment that we can live without the indwelling presence of Christ, without the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit, without our, the, the God as our Father. And so you have this amazing story, and then I think that the more extraordinary work than a face cloth healing someone is uh, that there there is all these people who um, saw this uh, happen, and they say, "Man, God is powerful." Yeah. The work of the Spirit is powerful. There is nothing um, in these magic books. And they gather together. Um, they weren't told to do this. They gather together. Uh, and we read um, how they, you know, in, in a sense, they just repented. Uh, they willingly um, took the dark art of magic books, the superstitious, fearful world, and 
They burned it. Uh, they named the name of Jesus. It was held in high honor. Um, and they became believers confessing and, and disclosing um, their past life and, and who Christ mm-hmm. is now. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens when the Spirit's working. And that's why verse 20 at the end says, you know, the word of God, the word of the Lord flourished and prevailed. Because when the word uh, flourishes and prevails, extraordinary works of God are done. Mm-hmm. Um, and it might not be, um, you know, necessarily an evil spirit, but you just think of your life. If, if someone's a believer who's listening to this, it's an extraordinary work of God, like conversion, Holy Spirit regenerating us, breathing life into us, um, giving us a new heart. Uh, the things that we would have done trouble us now, and we battle against them. Um, and, you know, God has saved sinners and is bringing us to glory as he grows us in holiness and, and righteousness and truth and boldness um, in, in the Holy Spirit. So that's why, you know, Acts 19, you just think yeah, like yeah. The, part of the redemptive historic nature is unifying, restoring, and then these extraordinary works where, you know, seven sons could not, I mean, younger guys could not take on one evil spirit. I don't, I don't even know what that would have looked like necessarily, but they just get beaten up. Um, but uh, one spirit is no match for the power of the Holy Spirit that Amen. took um, how many hearts and said, this is no longer us. We're not living under the superstition of dark arts and dark magic. Um, we're not, you know, we're not um, in a sense afraid of the evil spirit anymore um, coming after us because of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit um, in repentance and, and faith. Yeah, it just goes to show just the profound impact of uh, the ordinary preaching and teaching of the yeah. Word of God yeah. and the work of the Holy Spirit through the Word of God yeah. in somebody's life and, and how, um, how the Spirit just does incredible things with that. Like you, like you hear stories, and, and, and we've experienced this in ministry where somebody's been new to the faith and, and you're like, oh, well, what about their, you know, what about um, their struggle with this or what about their struggle with that or uh, what about their, their battle with this sin? Um, and we feel like sometimes we have to, we have to address those things. Yeah. Um, but what we get here out of this passage is, I mean, these are radical things. Like mm-hmm. these are, these are like, there is pagan worship going on. Yeah. There is like, it's a it's whole, dark. it's a lifestyle. It's yeah. so dark. Yeah. Um, demonic activity. It's so dark, so in your face, but it wasn't, it wasn't, um, you know, the special words of the apostles or, or the apostles running at it full tilt that, yeah. that changed it. It was the spirit working through the word of God. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. sometimes it's, it's good just to let the spirit and the word of God yeah. just watch the yeah. spirit and the word of God do his work yeah. um, in the lives of his people. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and I know you could probably tell lots of stories and, uh, of, of seeing that like in real life with, with yeah. uh, people as well. And it's just, it's the extraordinary is often done in the ordinary. Yeah. Like just that we woke up with, you know, um, still seeking to have our focus on Christ and, um, you know, God working in us, restoring us, changing mm-hmm. us, uh, reviving us, mm-hmm. um, that our hearts are still engaged with God and the spirit, um, working in our lives. 
every day is an extraordinary moment because we have been changed by grace. We live in grace and we seek to live out of thankfulness um, for God, to the glory of God, giving thanks to God. That, mm-hmm. That's, and, and especially if we know, knew who we were, um, we followed the ways of the evil one. We read in uh, Ephesians 2, we were dead in our transgressions and sins, um, but God's mercy came upon us. And uh, just to think that the Holy Spirit is restoring us, um, uniting us, uh, doing extraordinary works uh, in, in our, you know, in, in our discouragement, sometimes we think, is God working at all? And, um, and, and that's the beautiful thing. And that's why we, we really try to emphasize the word because it's through the word that the spirit often works to, to open up our hearts and to, to, to give us the strength and, and the wisdom to live for him. Why don't we do something different to close our time, David? Um, why don't, uh, why don't we close our time in a word of prayer? Would you mind just yeah. praying for for this, for us, for our listeners. Mm-hmm. Father, we give you thanks for your spirit. We give you thanks that um, he does extraordinary works through the work of Jesus, uh, through the word of God. We thank you for how he meets us individually, and he um, gives us grace to be able to, to do things that in our sinful nature we would not do. Mm-hmm. Um, we thank you for sanctification. We thank you for how patient you are with us, that you are growing us. We thank you for places like Acts 19 that tell us that we are filled with the Spirit. We are baptized, um, and therefore we are united with believers around the world. We are those who are being restored. Um, pray for those who are broken. Mm. Pray for those whose past defines them. Pray for those who have had things done to them that are just horrific and, and they don't know how to he- they can be healed from them and they don't understand the word restoration lord um, by your spirit and by your word minister to their hearts to know that their past does not define them and father we thank you for the extraordinary work of conversion we thank you for the extraordinary work of keeping persevering um, preserving us so that we would be uh, led by you for your glory. So Lord, take us, change us, restore us, unite us, do extraordinary works in the ordinary by your spirit and through your word. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.